Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's coffee talk from Planet Fair. My name is Henrike von Platen, and I'm talking with my friend. She is Margaret. Cheers. Good to see you again here online. Um, I have a question for you today, and it's about right. KPIs. I suppose, I suppose uh, you can talk about KPIs, but not any KPIs, but those that concern equity and equality. And I would like to have your opinion on which ones are actually useful to report, which ones are being reported, but why? Yeah. So when I think about KPIs, in the pay equity space, they are usually folded in with like a broader DEI KPIs. And then I would also kind of make the distinctions between what companies are reporting externally and what they're actually tracking internally. So, and then, you know, slowly but surely, they are moving more of the internal KPIs into their external reports. But when I look at what companies are reporting right now, right now is typically centered around either representation or the absolute pay gap. So representation, you know, um, what percentage of your company are women or other genders? Um, what percentage of your workforce are minorities? Both overall, but then also i'm starting to see increasingly you know what is the representation in your management layer so not just looking at overall representation but through your pay structure same with the absolute pay gap so you know the absolute pay gap like we've been talking about on this show or this podcast for so long really you're not comparing apples to apples it's oranges to apples you're just looking at the average pay of um, men and comparing it to an average pay of uh, women but then how do you compare it? So there, um, there's some conversation happening about what is the right KPI? Is it the average or should we be looking at the median? And I'm strongly in favor of actually the average because it tells me a whole lot more than the median. So when you are comparing the average, you're looking at the average pay. Everybody kind of, all the employees kind of filter into that number. If you're comparing medians, you're taking the man that is in the middle and the woman that is in the middle and comparing their salaries, but that can hide a lot of pay inequity. So I'm actually in favor of sticking to the average rather than the uh, median, because I think the average tells you more. Um, is there like a tendency towards leaving the average for the median or why are you going into this? Is there, do you see changes there? So I've seen some conversations online, kind of people discussing um, the merits of the average versus the median. Um, and we actually wrote a short piece about it. Uh, it should be online soon. Just comparing and explaining what do the two numbers tell us and you know why do we usually go with reporting um, the average over the median. But it's the same with the absolute pay gap as with representation. So it started out that people were just reporting the absolute pay gap. Um, and this is also being enforced, for example, in the UK. This is the key number that you have to publicly report. But then we see companies breaking it down into groups of similarly situated employees or even levels, and then reporting on the absolute gaps within those groups. So I think increasingly uh, companies are becoming more detailed in their external reporting. So that this is really, if I take a look at what is happening externally, this is what companies typically are reporting. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, you talk about the absolute one. I always also like the um, the adjusted one, and I'm like thinking when when we're always reporting like this big number where lots of people also argue, oh, how useful is it? No matter if it would now be average or median, but they generally say, okay, 18% in a country or whatever, what does it tell us? Like you said, the oranges and the apples. And I'm thinking more and more it goes towards the adjusted one. But then again, what does the adjusted one tell me if I don't know what's inside? So um, I would like to know if you see more of that coming. I mean, it's part of the certification that we do at the leader status to say you have to tell externally and be transparent on the variables, saying like um, people need to understand what is valued with money when they're working. So really see the value if it's like one, two, three, four, five, seventeen, whatever pieces. But then I can understand that difference. I can really grab it in a way, and I know what's sort of accounted for and what not. Do you see that this is coming as well as something that's going to be more transparent apart from us doing it? I mean, I would say very slowly. So very. no, yeah. So uh, we were on a uh, panel, a lot of pay equity um, people, and we were actually showing the pay gaps for our firms because we do what we preach. Um, and not even all the firms reported their adjusted pay gaps. So just to remind everybody, the adjusted pay gaps is the average percent difference in pay after we account for everything that should matter. And that was the factors that you were referring to. So when you report that number, whether it's 1% or 0% or 0.1%, I think we were at 0.3% when I held up the gap. Um, so um, what's behind that number? So what you're saying is, okay, if I have a 0.3% adjusted pay gap, what have we controlled for? Like, what are the factors, right? So for us, it's seniority, it's experience, etc. And we collect information about these things. But yeah, I would say um, once, when you communicate the adjusted pay gap, it also just helps for people to understand what it is if you say what you've been accounting for. Because an adjusted pay gap is just an abstract concept. There's some model behind it and out comes this percentage gap. But if you can communicate, okay, the pay difference is this after we control for all of these factors, that's a much easier communication than just talking in abstract percent numbers that come from a regression model. Yeah. Yeah, I think this would really help. I mean, it's a pity that, you, like you said, well, it's coming slowly, but at least it's coming because I think this would make the big difference also in the conversation because you are away from the, you need the the, the whole pay gap, of course, the unadjusted one, I'm, very, I'm a fan of, using both but i want to be able to sort of say if you adjust it then you have explained it well you everybody understands it and suddenly the conversation is so much more positive and in a way looking into how can we get better because we see what we see and it's not so much like um a negative conversation about a problem it's more like a challenge on how do we solve the rest those 0.3 or whatever it is and that's sort yeah. of more what i would uh, like to see communicate KPIs internally, externally, and communicate them in a positive way, even if they might look bad, because you can communicate how you're going to get better. And that's sort of the, the, the style of reporting that I would prefer. There's been uh, the naming and shaming, like you mentioned, UK, so that's a, it in a way works. But if um, if I switch topic a tiny bit on the last second, do you think that it really works on the long run? Because in UK, after so many years of naming and shaming, 
you have a stagnation of uh, some numbers. Maybe this is our cliffhanger. No, I'm, no, I'm going to leave a totally different cliffhanger. There are a couple of points that I want to make. So, for example, one of our clients has very nicely reported their adjusted pay gap year over year. Um, so now we've actually plotted up from publicly available information their pay gap over time, and you can see it decreasing. So I think, yeah, it's not common, but there are companies that are communicating this piece of the story, and it's you know very nicely done, and you see the progress that they are making. So that's just one point that I really wanted to make. And then because you're, you started with a question um, that was very broad, like what are the KPIs? And what we haven't touched upon is that companies are increasingly, you know, understanding and monitoring their hiring, their attrition, their internal mobility, who's getting promoted, for example, employee satisfactions, resources that they spend on DI issues. So I think maybe that's the cliffhanger that we need to write this up for our listeners. <laughs> so that's where I'm maybe going to leave this. Leave the other one for a separate edition. Yes. <laughs> no, that's very good. Thank you very much, Margaret. I would say our eight minutes are done and the coffee cup is half empty. So have a great day. And Thank bye you. Bye-bye to everyone. Bye.